Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to Workflow Wednesday. It is uh, Wednesday, July 25th, at officially 12.32 Eastern. (laughs) We're two minutes delayed here due to a couple of technical issues we're trying to resolve. So um, we're going to try to push uh, this Facebook Live video out a little bit more. And while we do that, I just want to do a little bit of uh, house uh, house cleaning, shall we say. Uh, but I want to welcome everybody to, or not even house cleaning, I guess just formal introductions. For those of you who have not uh, actually been a part of Workflow Wednesday before, uh, this is a special work uh, series podcast as well as uh, Facebook Live series that we're doing at Photographer's Edit um, that centers around the very thing that we're talking about, Workflow and more specifically, efficient workflow. And as, as nerdy as this topic might seem, uh, it's something really that every single one of us as professional photographers or photography business owners, business owners at all, for that matter, are involved in in one form or another, day, day in and day out. And so we thought since photographers edits is so much about creating uh, freedom and flexibility for the lives of professional photographers out there by handling their editing, it made sense for us to have conversation around workflow in general, figuring out how we can find more freedom, more flexibility in our day-to-day lives as business owners. And so that's what the series is about. We are on Facebook Live. And, uh, and that is, you can see that each week on Wednesdays around 1230 or 1 Eastern on facebook.com slash photogs edit. That's a photographer's edit Facebook page. And uh, let me actually pop this up here on the screen. Uh, and uh, I'll also mention... For those listening in, again, it's facebook.com slash photogs edit. And, uh, and that's where you, what you're going to actually, and it looks like we're having further technical issues here. One second. Oh, no. It's all looking good over here. Is it looking okay? There we go. Now we got it. Now we got it popped up. Okay, cool. So photogs edit, facebook.com slash photogs edit. For those of you listening in, that's where you can see the live video. For those of you watching live, um, you can see the podcast at uh, Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com and search Boca Podcast on any of your popular podcast players. And uh, I'm going to take the camera off of me and bring it back to everybody else because that's really what this is about. Haley and Rich and Heather, thank you guys so much for joining Workflow Wednesday yet again. How are you guys Always doing? Always good to be <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> yeah. How am I doing? Hey, I had caffeine today for the first time in like a good yeah. three or four weeks. So I'm like, let's do this. I'm going to, yeah, I'm holding up my, my caffeine over here too, actually. Uh, we, uh, three. We're oh, you got your Starbucks. Oh. Where's yours, Haley? Okay. My Yeti. Yeti. Nice. Mm-hmm. Where's I, would, I, would, I would put this up against your Yeti any day. This thing is, <laughs> it's like black magic. It's, it's, it just keeps something cold forever. It's amazing. That's, that's one of those um, tumblers from Starbucks that they sell there. It is. Uh, it's shocking. We, we, no, we got it at Costco. We did, but it is Starbucks brand, and okay. it's shockingly it's effective. Yeah, so I, I, let's just say I have put, uh, I put ice water in this thing. Go to a wedding. It sits in my car in this type of heat all day long. Over eight hours, I come back to my car, I'm driving home, and there's still ice in it. And I'm like, it's really hot to the top. I barely can touch it. I can hold it. I barely can hold it. And there's ice and water in this cup still. It is amazing. <laughs> He's excited. Oh, yeah. He's oh, yeah. excited. I get excited for very little things. Uh, <laughs> well, I have to. My Forest app and uh... my, my uh, Starbucks mug. Forest app, yes. And for those of you who are a little confused as to what he's talking about with the Forest app, you're going to have to go back to, let's see, which episode was it at Workflow Wednesday? We talked about time management or working from home efficiently yeah, or so, something so to that bad. effect. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, that's one of the past Workflow Wednesday episodes. You have to go back to that. Maybe Haley can at least link to the app in the show notes for this yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode, so you have some context. Uh, what What's funny about this particular Starbucks um, Tumblr? Not to spend too much time on this. Topic, <laughs> <laughs> well, can we spend the whole hour? About- <laughs> when we when we go to um, usually on Thursdays, once a week here locally in the Chattanooga market, Chattanooga, Tennessee, is where Rich and Heather and Haley and myself are. And um, the, the local professional photographers group has a, an informal get together each Thursday. And Rich loves this thing so much that he shows up at a coffee shop that is not Starbucks um, with, with his Tumblr and is like trying to hide it from the employees there at the coffee shop because yeah, you're not supposed yeah, to be bringing it in. I from... just put my hand over the oh, I mean, it just <laughs> contraband. Haley, how are you doing? I'm doing tell, pretty good. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your week and what's going on. Um, not too much. I had probably the best weekend in a while. I went to a Shania Twain concert and it was awesome. Is Shania Twain still around? I was, yes. Uh, She put out her first album in like, I think since 2002, last year, maybe she put it out. I I don't really know. I didn't know any of her new songs, but I I was surprised when she told me about this too. I didn't realize she was still a thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So we, it was awesome. Like Shania has been nonstop playing while I work all day, every day. Her new stuff? Her old stuff. I don't know. You're you're like, okay. right. right. Well, I haven't listened to the new, I just heard it at the concert, but the old stuff is just so, it's a classic, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Have you been, have you had um, shoots for those of you listening in who may not know who Haley is? Haley, is heading up digital marketing for photographers edit, but she also has her own uh, photography business. And I'm going to pop your uh, URL, the website up here on the screen for those of you watching HaleyGaffin.com. But uh, how's the photography business coming along, Haley? It's going good. I uh, have, I'm actually working on a few um, product photos tomorrow while I'm downtown. Um, And then I shot a florist last week. So it was really cool. That's cool. And, and, you know, we've talked about this on the Boca podcast before mm-hmm. many times. In fact, uh, just another interview I was doing today, we were talking about it yet again, but the significance of relationships with vendors in, in the market. I mean, it's largely what drove my photography business back in the day. Rich and Heather, I know you put a lot of emphasis on those relationships as well. So uh, yeah. anything that we can do to add value to those relationships is, uh, relationships is really important. So that's cool that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity. I'll just kind of catch everybody up a little bit too. On, on my side of uh, the world, I had the opportunity this past weekend to um, rent a motorcycle with my girlfriend, Jill, and we met um, Chad de Blasio and his wife, Melissa, who Chad's been on the podcast before. And uh, we went riding into the mountains of Tennessee and that was a lot of fun. Clinton, Tennessee, actually, kind of kind of out in the middle of nowhere. But um, mm-hmm. it was fun to get away for a couple of days and out on the bike. And um, it's, there's something about being on the motorcycle that helps kind of clear your head and uh, kind of forget about everything else. You, you have to be present. Um, I'm driving this. I, I normally ride a, a motorcycle that's about 450 pounds fueled. And this bike probably weighed a good 900 to 950 pounds, the one that I ended up with. And uh, so it was a little disconcerting. You have to learn to let the bike do the work, not try to control it. I think there's a cool metaphor for life there. Um, but uh, that's that was the weekend. And it's it's there's something, even like after a couple of days, there's something that's difficult about coming back off of time off or time away vacation. You have to kind of hit the reset button mentally and, okay, focus. <laughs> Remind yourself to focus in on on the tasks at hand, but yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. We're still working on We, we are seriously. <laughs> that, that, that reset button is taking a long time <laughs> <laughs> to reset. Come on, come on. We well, over and, and, over again. and since uh, rich and Heather are chiming in there, I want to go ahead and pop their website up here to rich Smith photography.com or.net, whichever you prefer. Um, I'm going to put .com up on the screen. We do not discriminate around here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, Rich and Heather are photographers here locally in, in the Chattanooga market as well. And uh, to that point, we're going to actually get into our topic for today. We, we spoke briefly about um, our online presence. I think we took an episode or two even on Workflow Wednesday, on this Workflow Wednesday series uh, a number of weeks ago, talking about our online presence as photography business owners. And we touched on social media at that point, but um, I wanted to give Haley, both Haley and Rich and Heather an opportunity to comment on more specifically their social media workflow, especially after a shoot, whether it's a portrait session or a wedding. Um, what does it look like getting those images from the camera to your computer and then 
onto social media, maybe it's a blog, maybe it's Facebook, Instagram, or, or otherwise. But what does that process look like? Um, because I'm not actively photographing at this point. I'm, the, the spotlight's going to be on Haley uh, and Rich and Heather. So Haley, we normally, uh, normally kind of leave you to the end. We're going to prioritize you this week <laughs> and go to you first. Talk to us a little bit about your workflow when it comes to social media after a shoot. Yeah. Um, well, the, the first thing I thought of was most times when I'm at a shoot, and you like you take that photo and you release your finger and you're like, that's the photo. That's the one I have been wanting to shoot this whole time. And usually those are the ones that end up on social media because it's, you know, as soon as you let go that that's what it that that's going on. That's, that, that is. Yeah. Do you have that feeling like is it usually just once a session or two or three times? Like how often does that happen? Usually it's two or three times. But there's that one photo that you're like, OK, I can't share that first because then anything after that's going to be. It's going to pale in like, comparison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that those are usually the moments that I kind of remind myself while I'm going back through a session to say, oh, you remember that photo. Remember this one. Remember that. Um, but then whenever I go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, I hate to interrupt you again, but I have questions um, here. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what is the, and maybe you're going to talk about this, but what does that culling process look like once you get that, that you photograph that session? I know you've been photographing seniors and what other types of portrait sessions, family portrait sessions? Uh, no, no, okay. no. So family. mainly seniors and then. She says emphatically with, with yeah, a roll of the uh, and more commercial photography, but like lifestyle branding sessions. So the okay. florist the other day was, um, yeah. it was for her social media. Okay, very cool. So you go and do the shoot, you come back. What is that? I mean, you've got one or two or three images in mind that you definitely want to push out to social media, but what does that culling process in general look like? Because um, I, I, even most of our clients, I think it's something like 70% or so of our clients at Photographers Edit still do their own culling. They like to, to maintain a bit of control in the process and they know what the, the flow of the day look like. They want to make sure the images, the important images are kept. So they'll call the images and then send them to us. Um, for you, what does that calling process look like and how do you make it as efficient as possible? Yeah, um, well, Laura Lee Creative, I actually was reading her blog one day and she gave the suggestion to call backwards. So I call backwards because usually your last shot is the best shot and that's why you stop shooting the same thing. Um, so that has really sped up that process and I'm currently looking at, okay. yeah, I'm looking at photo mechanic. I haven't, I've never used it. So I'm calling in Lightroom. Um, but I've heard photo mechanic makes it like 10 times faster. So I'm not yeah, there Richard, yet. Heather, do you use photo mechanic? No, and we have talked about this in an earlier workflow Wednesday video, just the idea of simplicity and, and, um, using minimal, you know, minimal software mm -hmm. and, my brain probably can't process the images as fast as photo mechanic anyway. A lot of what we do, if you think about it on a wedding day is comparing images and making sure that we're choosing the best of the best. We're not spray and pray photographers where we're culling a massive amount of each section of the day. And so we really do want the best one and our brains take time to figure out which those are. And so Lightroom has been perfectly fine for us. Any yeah. faster, and I don't know that again. My brain would be able to. <laughs> but yeah, photo mechanic is really designed for for uh, photographers who want to start um, downloading and culling immediately. And uh, yeah. and and we just create our workflow where we don't we don't do that. Where we where I I uh, it's basically just two separate things. Well, I I uh, mm -hmm. I import and and uh, into Lightroom and um, and go to bed. And so the next morning, all uh, has been everything's been rendered, and then we can call through it just fine, just as fast as um, you know, um, photo mechanic. So, so, uh, so we just we just really never needed photo mechanic. But I mean, like, but there are some people who want to start downloading and and uh, like calling immediately, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, but, yeah. and and which is yeah. great. Uh, photo mechanic is designed for those people. But I'm what just, are you I'm, laughing about? Well, I'm I'm laughing here because Haley, we're not meaning to crush Haley's no, uh, no. workflow <laughs> by by any means. I simply wanted just to kind of get some context as to whether you guys use photo mechanic versus not using photo mechanic right. to rich's point uh photo mechanic does do something better than lightroom which is to render those thumbnails much more quickly i have no idea i mean maybe it's just a cost thing although i, I think adobe is pretty loaded i'm not sure yeah. why adobe hasn't taken or purchased that technology from photo mechanic and implemented in, in lightroom um 
it, it does those images or the thumbnails rather do load so much faster. And there are a lot of people that want to jump right in as, as Rich was pointing mm -hmm. out and be able to call the flip side of that is, yeah, you can import and walk away. Lightroom or Adobe has claimed to make Lightroom faster as of late. I'm not sure how much faster it actually is, but, um, but anyway, not to detract Haley from your workflow <laughs> and, and the significance of, of, of that. Talk to us a little bit about the, the thought process behind photo mechanic and why you might use that. Um, now that you're, now that you're talking more, <laughs> did we throw you I, off? <laughs> like, like, I've, I've not had an issue with the speed of Lightroom. Okay. Um, I, I kind of wondered if it was more the speed of the photographer and being able to process their own mind faster in photo mechanic. I've never actually opened it or anything. Um, I posted a poll on my personal account the other day and it was 50, 50, but like six people that responded weren't even <laughs> photographers. So I think they may have just like, <laughs> I don't know. So it's, it was just one of those things like, at trying least, out testing new ways absolutely. of doing things. Yeah, it's always fun to, to try the new mm -hmm. the new thing. Um, but back to that point that you made about Laura, and and Laura's actually been on on the podcast a couple of times now. Really, really mm -hmm. smart person when it comes to creating efficient workflow. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember that particular point that she made about about calling backwards. It's an interesting idea. One of the things I've suggested in the past when I've taught Lightroom workflow is just simply picking your favorite image. It's it's easy in a series of six, seven, eight images to get stuck on which one might be the best. And um, in that process, then you 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 pull one image up and you're and you're looking at that and you're like, oh, it's that that looks okay. Let me go to the next one. Then you go to the next one, and that one's slightly sharper and oh, the, their eye is closed slightly in this one. And it just takes so much time rather than just simply going through a series really quick uh, and, and just picking the best of the bunch. That works really quickly for me. Um, I think it's a great way to go about it. But calling backwards, are you literally calling from like the, the end of the complete session? Or what, is that, what does that look like? Yeah, so I'm calling from the end of the complete session. And here recently, I've tried doing the whole like um, shoot as if you're shooting film so you're not wasting film. Mm. Um, get it right the first time. <laughs> and so I, I did that with um, this senior Anikia and I think I may have deleted five images of her entire session and delivered a hundred. So I only shot a hundred and it was so nice to not have to deal with culling. So now the goal long-term is to do that, but that's I mean, awesome. It really does save so much time. And, and mm -hmm. before you continue, I was just going to share Ren Tompkins said photo mechanic has been great for my workflow. In Lightroom, I get distracted and start editing. But when I call in Photo Mechanic, I get through and call entirely and then move to editing. It's been a great game changer for me. So thanks for commenting, Ren. I appreciate you sharing your experience with that. Uh, I covered you guys up, Rich and Heather, on the bottom there for a second. Sorry, with, with the comment. That's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, back, back to you, Haley. Yeah. Uh, from there, my workflow is I pick those five or six images that I thought of during the session and I'll edit those. And I use those edits for my um, upload to photographers edit as my sample images. But those are also my social media images. That way I'm editing what photographers edit needs to understand how I want it to be edited. And then I'm also creating my social media content at the same time. And so that doing... same call that you're doing for edit, you're also choosing those social media images. It's yeah. the same call. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I'm is, just I'm glad that you bring this up too, Haley, because this is a really great workflow for those of you who are either using photographers edit uh, or considering outsourcing your editing to photographers edit or an, another editing company. Um, mm -hmm. If you're going to be taking a few minutes to go ahead and process a few images for social media or for your blog or both, it makes sense to go ahead and and share those very images with your editor. And so we'll have clients that will do just that. They'll process a few images, let's say from a wedding, for example, they'll process an image or two maybe from the prep, some more from the uh, portraits, some more from the ceremony, from the reception. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take them but a few minutes to do that. They can use those yeah. images for their blog or social media, but then they'll flag those very images in the Lightroom catalog that they're sharing with photographers edit. And then our team is able to use those reference images when they go to process uh, the images for that event, for that portrait session, or otherwise. It's a really, really great workflow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how the workflow goes as far as being in Lightroom. And then after that, um, Thursdays are my social media days for photographers edit, for myself, for any kind of social media that needs to be done, all planning, all 
thinking through Instagram stories for the next week. Um, but I will say i Instagram stories are usually my, like, I don't, there's no strategy behind them. <laughs> it's just me talking. And like, if you, I don't know if y'all watched yesterday's, I ranted about how, um, the Dunkin' Donuts near my house just does not know how to make coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I, I haven't. I have experienced inconsistency with Dunkin' Donuts coffee for sure. I, but there's something about. I mean, I, I understand having strategy for Instagram stories, but there's something about Instagram stories that makes your Instagram account and uh, that much more personal. And doing mm-hmm. stuff on the fly and not so highly produced, I, I think, mm-hmm. adds a personal touch that's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So that's. So, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, that's really the the planning portion of it. Other than I use Buffer and we've talked about that a couple of times. Um, Buffer just allows you to post to multiple platforms. So if I want to post to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, I can do all three of them um, at the same time, but then customize per channel. And so that's been really easy. And for, for my own personal um, social media, it's a personal and business account. I don't have two separate accounts. What I've been doing is I'm not posting every day if I don't have anything to post. Like I recently, my sessions have been few and far between only because I'm really narrowing down on what I want to do. Um, and so if I don't have images to post or to feature, then I'm not going to just waste a post just to have something online. That's interesting. So would you say though, that you miss out on consistency of presence or the the presence of your brand in front of clients or potential clients by not posting? I mean, is there any reason why you wouldn't go back and pull images from previous shoots to to post there? Or what's your thought behind that? Potentially the, as long as you're keeping up with your Instagram stories, I feel like you're still keeping that presence there. And I do post a lot more on Instagram stories than I do on my feed because it, it doesn't require you to have, you know, consistency or, um, any kind of style to it. It's just your face (laughs) or whatever (laughs) else you want to put up there. Yeah, that's true. Well, and we've even been talking, you and I were just talking about this, I guess, uh, yesterday uh, about the frequency with which we're posting on the photographer's edit Instagram account, because, you know, the reality we have to keep in mind while it is important to be consistent and being in front of clients or potential clients, uh, for the sake of brand presence, you're only these days with the way the algorithm algorithms constantly shift, particularly on Instagram and on Facebook, you're only likely going to be on Instagram in front of your potential clients or clients so much. And um, because of that, it, does it make sense to post two or three times a day? Or does it make more sense to really dial in that one post, post at the time of the day that you know you're going to get the most engagement mm-hmm. and leave it at that? And um, so I think we're going to be experimenting with that a little bit um, moving yeah. forward. But I appreciate you sharing that that workflow, Haley. And um, any any thoughts to add to that before we shift over to Rich and Heather? Um, mostly just that if you're not if you're not sure where to start, I think getting a scheduler um, like Buffer or any of the other social media planning tools is really important just because you can sit down and knock it out in an hour versus trying to come up with something every single day that could take you an hour. Cause I think that's the hardest part is just sitting down and doing it or posting daily. If you take one day a week and say, I'm going to dedicate this hour to planning my social media, you've got images, you have, you know, you know your clients, you can say something sweet about them if you are having a hard time coming up with a caption, but sit down, plan it for an hour, and you can get a whole week or even two weeks knocked out. Yeah, that's good. And of course, that speaks to the importance of actually giving whatever task at hand um, that you're spending your time on focus, true focus, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It is easy, especially if we're going to post consistently throughout the week, it's easy to for, to forget that, oh, it's, you know, whatever, eight o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the afternoon. And it's time for me to post because you have so many other things going on. And maybe at that point, you're focused on another task that's really important for your business. And mm-hmm. suddenly you're like, oh, I got to get to social media. So now you're distracted from this thing. You got to go get to the social media part of it. And then you end up scrolling through Instagram for 20 minutes and you waste a bunch of time. So there is some significance uh, on multiple levels to blocking off a time each week to go ahead and schedule your social media. You've got plenty of images to work with. Um, and I think it's good too. you know, it's, I, I was actually just talking about this, I think in today's Boca podcast interview earlier today uh, with a photographer about how it's easy when we write copy to say the same thing over and over and over again. 
um, because most of us aren't writers. We're not copywriters. And so, you know, most, most of the posts sound something like, I'm so excited to photograph or it was such a wonderful opportunity to photograph dot, 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 you know, same, same things repeated over and over again. If you're actually scheduling all those posts at once, it'll be a good reminder uh, for the importance of variety in the copy that you're writing for those posts. So mm -hmm. that's a great recommendation. Yeah. Thank you for that, Haley. Let's jump to Rich and Heather. You guys uh, awake over there still? <laughs> so awake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I always wonder the, uh, what, how important is the copy is because I mean, I know a lot of really famous photographers, all they do is put a quote by someone else and, and you know, they don't even write anything about the client. They just put a, a beautiful quote about clouds or, or, uh, or, or, or sand or the beach or, or, or water or something, you know, and, uh, and, mm -hmm. and they get a zillion likes, you know? So I mean, like, uh, uh, it's, I don't know. I've, I've, I've always wondered about the importance, but anyway, well, I yeah, love well, the and Haley spent a lot of time studying this too, both for, for the photographers at it brand um, and others. Haley, have you? What have you learned about that over the years? Yeah, what I found the most um, interesting is that most people don't read; they just don't ever read. And I've actually sat and read posts that other people have made about people not reading because they're like, "Please don't comment how beautiful this is if you don't read this because it's a really sad post." Or mm whatever the case might be. Um, so there, I think there is an importance to, Ooh, sorry, my table moved. <laughs> um, I think there is an importance to having great copy, but at the same time, like if you're spending an hour trying to figure out what to post to one image, don't waste your time spending an entire hour because more than likely those 50 people that have liked your post did not read your post. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great point. And I'm glad that you bring that up too, Rich. Um, I, I mentioned this before on the podcast, I think, but I had an interesting conversation with my son. He's 16. And so very much in the, uh, the throes of the social media world. And he had, he had asked me a question. I, I saw that he had liked a post of mine. Um, but then he asked me a question after the fact, which indicated that he probably hadn't read the text. And so we had a conversation. I was like, did you, like, did you actually read the text um, in, in, in the post or were you just liking it because it was me and you, you know, you wanted to, to show that you cared about what I was posting or whatever. And, and he was like, yeah. Um, so there's, there's this, this tendency of, I think most people, and this is what Haley's talking about. People spend a lot of time scrolling and not stopping and just quickly liking whatever grabs their eye and then moving to the next, next thing. So, yeah, I think yeah. You've, you've got an interesting point there, Rich. Um, I, I think there is, something to be said for not repeating ourselves. I mean, it, it, if you just take five minutes and go and look through photographers, Instagram feeds, mm -hmm. the number of times that you see the phrase, I'm so excited. And then, you know, fill in the blank to photograph so-and-so or to, to shoot this wedding day or to be a part of so-and-so's wedding day. Uh, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Um, and you think yeah. photographers, we had, we had, yeah, had so much fun with, yeah. <laughs> they have a great connection. So, yeah, so make yeah, yeah. a little bit of effort, use a little bit of creativity uh, and set yourself apart a little bit. But yeah, point taken, Rich. I'm sorry. Please continue. Well, what I was going to say is I love that when Haley was talking, the conversation, um, the, the conversation of quality versus quantity came up because that's something that we've struggled a lot with in our social media platforms is that um, I tend to think that quantity is important and just being having a consistent presence. But Rich has been really, and I think that this is one way in which running a business as a team is a good thing because you have two different people with two different perspectives and differing ideas on what is the, what is the actual priority here? Why are we posting on social media? Who are we posting for? Is it for our existing clients to see our work or is it for potential clients? Is it for the vendors? Like what is our philosophy that drives why we're even posting on social media? And I think that that um, what Rich has done a really great job of is saying for, for us, and this could differ for different people with successful businesses, but for us, our philosophy behind why we're doing what we're doing on social media is for the potential client. We are trying to attract our ideal client to us and draw that person in to who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. And so in that, in that vein, the reason that we post the images that we do are because those images are showing uh, the couples that we currently have. They're our dream, our dream client, our ideal client. 
interacting with each other in a really authentic way. And there's some emotion being shown, there's some energy being shown. And so I could cull through a wedding and, and I could flag a couple of images that I think are gorgeous. Maybe he was, maybe we were photographing a wedding in a really beautiful location and there's this beautifully composed image of a bride and groom and it'll grab me and it'll draw me in because it's aesthetically pleasing. But if there's no emotion being shown and if there's no energy um, or what it is that makes, makes rich love being a wedding photographer, then ultimately at the end of the day, that photo is not probably not going to make it on social media. And I, it's just, it's basically just being super, super careful in the way that we curate our social media feed. And so, um, over the years we've gone, you know, we've, we've jumped around a little bit and I don't feel like social media has been a super strong, um, you know, aspect of our business, but we've tried really hard with what we have shared for it to be something that will attract our dream client. So there's not going to be, you know, there might be a beautiful photo of a bride and groom looking at the camera because that's a safe shot that Rich gets in the wedding day, but it's not going to be on social media. It's very rare that a group photo of a wedding party, no matter how beautiful they are, it's very rare that that photo is going to end up on social media. Um, So I respect the fact that he's been extremely picky and selective with what we put out there. Um, So do you want to speak to the privacy issue? Uh, yeah. So, so uh, and, and before you guys do, if I can just comment too, because while you were talking, Heather, I, I actually pulled up uh, Rich's. Let's see if I can get in front of the camera oh, here. No. Oh, Rich's no. Instagram feed. Um, and and I mean, I, I, in fact, I was just looking at an image right here. Let me see if I can pull it back up of uh, these two clients, Handstance and Tyler. So I'm, for those of you who are watching yes, video, yeah. um, yeah. you can see this image. Beautiful, beautiful example of. Yeah what what Heather is talking about, the significance of emotion, raw emotion, real connection between uh, a couple. And um, it's a beautiful example of your work, Rich, but certainly the style of photography that you're hoping to focus your time and energy on. And, and naturally then, well, and then hopefully you're going to draw clients in that want that very thing. So yeah. I like that. And it's, I mean, if I go back earlier and actually more recently in your feed, I'm, I'm noticing you might post once a week um, in some cases, maybe two or three times in a week. Uh, it's not necessarily consistent, but what you are posted, posting there is highly curated and it reflects not only your your style as a photographer, but your personalities as well, because you're sharing some some personal stuff of your family too. And I will say that that's actually one thing that I feel like we haven't done very well is uh, sharing photos of, of us, photos of us in front of the camera. I, I do feel like that's an area that we really need to step it up because to make it more we, personal. We, yeah, to make it more personal to, yeah. to have our, any, any of our social media followers feel like, okay, I kind of feel like I know them a little bit. And I don't think we've done that very well. I do that on my personal private Instagram of our family. I'm posting tons of personal stuff, but on the business Instagram feed, I feel like we need to do a better job of that. That's and so true. It is. That's so true. So <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely an area for growth. You know, Nathan and I were just talking about that what a couple days ago on how we can post a photo of us and our significant other and it gets, you know, a hundred likes. But if we post, well, specifically if I posted a picture of work, like, you know, a client or whatever, the only people that are liking it are the client and I can't get as many likes. Like I could get 30 likes on an image of a client, but I can't get, you know, a hundred likes like I do on a picture of Steven and I. Yeah. I think that that just really goes to show all of our desire for human connection and for yes. story. You know, yes. people, like if I go to a famous, even even if I go to an extremely well-known photographer's page, I'm honestly more likely to look for photos of, of them and their life and who they are than I am necessarily to even look at their work. And I think that this is one area that we and many other photographers have gone a little bit askew is not understanding people's need and desire for human connection and wanting to know who's, who's behind the lens, who's taking these photos. What is their life like? Who, what is, do, do they have a family? Do I want to know? work with these people? Do I want to, to be with this person <laughs> all day long on my wedding day? Do I, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, so, it's, it's, it's a great point. It really is a great point. And, and there is a significance to the personal element um, that I think we do have to keep in mind. I, I think we're beyond the, you know, it's funny. I remember when I first started in, in photography back in really around 2001 or 2002, uh, social, yeah, I know, long time ago, <laughs> um, when in the back in the film days, I was just and, a baby. <laughs> I was very young as well, yes. Uh, but at that point in time, the idea of being a professional photographer carried a certain um, rigidity to it, really. I mean, at least in the local market, I mean, it was very 
kind of there was a certain way that you did things and carried yourselves and communicated about photography and you 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 know dangled your awards that you won at whatever the local or not necessarily local or the national competitions photography competitions were and um there was a certain professionalism that you that you were supposed to maintain and I love that we've moved away from that and that you know, the last thing in the world that we're going to show our clients these days is some award that we won because nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, it speaks to even to the reality, which is that while photography is important and the quality of the photography is important, we should always continue to work at our craft. Uh, at the end of the day, people want to connect with you, the photographer. And I don't think I, I think that there is significantly much more emphasis emphasis put on that now in our industry, and that's wonderful. Uh, I think that we could stand to even continue to do more and make it make the focus of that experience that you're creating for the client uh, about the connection with them on a personal level, and maybe slightly less about uh, the photography. The photography is great; provide great photography. But if we focus more on the experience that we're providing for them, and, and of course, part of that experience being the connection with them, um, we'll have just raving fans. And uh, of course, that translates to business as well. It's a wonderful thing. So yep. um, great points again. But back to you and uh, you guys, Rich and Heather. Yeah, well, I mean, like uh, we, what we first do is really just ask, ask for clients because we um, mm -hmm. we ask for clients when we, they first uh, hire us whether or not it's even okay to, to uh, put images of themselves on social media. Um, and the only reason we've done this is simply because we have had some some clients who are who are um, who are doctors or lawyers or or even a, you know police officers or or mm -hmm. or they're, they're they're just really really kind of wary about putting their so their their personal lives online that for um when they have this really major you know professional life that that they're really focusing on you know so um and so uh oh, i mean like only about five percent i mean like there, there's very uh, there's very few 95 have percent have no problem you know please i love it you know and um but another thing we definitely start off with is um uh, in the wedding questionnaire that i sent about a, about a month or two months before the wedding i asked them do you guys have a wedding hashtag? You know, I mean, like it's just, it's just a really good question to ask these modern day brides because um, because I want to know, hey, I'm going to be tagging the um, I'm going to be you know tagging this this wedding. Uh, I would love to know you know what uh, you know, and, and about fifty percent of them ha have a hashtag. And so so what what I what I do is I, I'll really um, uh, I, I want their wedding guests to, to also that expands my, you know, if I'm, I'm posting images up and tagging that with that tag, then also a lot of more people from the wedding are going to actually see and be interactive with, with, uh, with my, my images. And so, um, but also, uh, when I actually even send images to, uh, local vendors, I will even tell them, Hey guys, um, you know, tag it with, you know, tag it with this tag and everything. So I'm a way I'm trying to be as helpful as possible mm -hmm. for even other vendors and in, in town. Like I've gathered this information is very important. You know, it'd be really great for you guys to do this with. So, so, um, so and then are you taking, once you get that hashtag from them, are you just filing that away in, in an Evernote document or in their file in, in their um, account in, in your CRM or how are you keeping track of that? Yeah, it's in the, my CRM. It's in, in it's, uh, I, I have, um, um, it's in basically the wedding questionnaire where uh, uh, um, I just pull it up and, and I have all the vendors. I have all the, I have all the, the list of all the vendors and have everything in ShoeQ. And ShoeQ is, is great about that. So basically everything is there. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and, and forgive the uh, stepping away. I realized I didn't turn the camera or focus the camera just on, on you guys. So for those of you watching the video, you saw me step away. I was actually running out of power on my computer. <laughs> Somehow to come unplugged, and so I had to plug that back in. Sorry I was laughing because I was sure Rich was going to get too distracted. He lost his train of thought. I'm like, what? What's happening here? I want to know what's happening. He asked I, me a question, then he runs I'm away. What the heck? Exactly. Like, Rich, what do you think about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the issue of privacy is something that the, the the further we've gotten into our business, the more we feel like. This is something that we want to really start focusing on asking our clients just to respect their yeah, privacy. A lot of them yeah. are young professionals. And so um, I want them to have a great experience all around, you know, and so yeah. you know, obviously uh, they appreciate, mm -hmm. you know, us even asking that question because mm -hmm. barely anyone else would.
you know, especially when you're going to post those uh, silly self portraits that you do, Rich, with your mouth wide open. <laughs> with the well, I love those things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, and actually, they're pretty brilliant. Very much a reflection of Rich's personality. So I, I love that. Yeah, uh, Jack- yeah. I, I need to put, put put more of those on social media. I mean, like you can. I have a whole page on my website. There's hundreds of them. Um, yeah, on, on my page, and so, but I don't, I don't think I've put any of them on, on my website. Oh, uh, on, 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 on Instagram. You should so. definitely do it. That that would be. A, you could do a whole series with that. Oh, uh, Jackie sure. chimed in and said, "Hey guys, hey Jackie, thanks for listening in." <laughs> Hi, Jackie. That's a great question, Jackie. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, for those of you watching, listening in, don't hesitate. I mean, if if you're watching the Facebook Live. Uh, you can comment in, ask questions around the topic, or for that matter, you could totally take us off topic and ask us a totally random question if you'd like. But but yeah, don't hesitate to chime in, say, hey, ask questions. And if you're listening to the podcast and you either have a question about the topic that we discussed on today's episode or you have a suggestion for a future episode, you can just email Nathan at photographersedit.com or Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-E at photographersedit.com com and make those suggestions. We love to hear from you. Um, so, so you get that hashtag. You've gotten the permission mm-hmm. from the client to post their images. Yep. You go to the shoot, whether it's the session or the wedding. What does mm-hmm. the workflow look like next? Um, so, yeah, our our calling process is is, is a lot like Haley's. We yep. call in Lightroom. Those images, um, particularly if it's a wedding, those have been rendering overnight, so they're ready to go um, when we're ready for them. And um, in that calling process, our first call through a wedding is going to be uh, specifically with photographers edit in mind. What images are we going to be sending to edit? That's ultimately going to be the, the gallery that are that we release to our clients. And um, once we have those narrowed down, we will do uh, we'll do another call for. And the second time that we're calling, we're um, looking specifically for social media. And then we're also choosing images that are going to, we're going to be sending a link to vendors. So images that are, um, we will flag images for social media red and we'll do vendors yellow. Another thing I've started to call for in the recent days um, is images, any images um, through, through that day that Rich and I maybe grabbed a quick shot of each other in action behind the scenes type shots. I've started to flag those as well because I love being able to um, gather those images and I'm I'm compiling a an album in Dropbox of just behind the scenes shots, which I really love through the years because it's cool to be able to see different places that our career has taken us over the years and images of us uh, at work in those locations with our really great clients. So um, that's what I think our that's second- a really great idea. I used to do that with my business partner as well, and um, it's fun to it is fun to good look look back through them because you've got a bunch of pictures with you know you're making funny faces at at your. Um, shooting partner, and um, maybe you capture a funny a funny picture of of them working with the client. Uh, at one point, there I know there was one of of her holding an umbrella while she's simultaneously with the camera or something like that. But there's yeah. this whole series. And yeah. to our earlier conversation about making things personal, being able to share that with clients, exactly. giving them a feel for what it looks like. Uh, for you to be there on their wedding day, I think is a really wonderful idea. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, Jensen uh, Bell chimed in. Thanks for listening in and watching, Jensen. He said, is there a way to make a non-square image on the Buffer app? Hello to all, by the way. Uh, I want to come back to that because, Heather, I want to let you continue your, your train of thought. But, Jensen, we'll come back to that question here in just a second. Heather, go ahead. Yeah. So um, then we've got our images uh, flagged for social media and um, I'll go in and I will um, we'll do an edit on Rich or I will do a, a, an edit on those social media images. Um, we will then um, unfortunately, there's no way in Lightroom to export a, a photo to a PNG file, which is our favorite way to post on. That's our favorite file type to post on social media. Um, and so we'll is there a reason that's the favorite. Uh, yeah, because Facebook is horrible. They yeah. will do. <laughs> you put the J, JPEG file on. On I mean, like it's you put a compressed file, already compressed file onto and onto uh, Facebook, and they just they ruin it. That it is unbelievable. So, uh, so uh, so we'll um, open got, up those images real quick in Photoshop, yeah. and I'll just re, it's resizing and sharpening and saving it to a PNG file yeah. into Dropbox into a folder that we have that's just called for social media. Yeah, and then that's where those photos are, and that's where they are when we need to grab them mm-hmm. and. And then I'm gathering up um, hashtags. And so basically, um, um, we actually have a shared notes document where 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 I'm um, uh, Heather can or I can really kind of like 
uh, depending on what kind of um, we have, we have a set of uh, hashtags for a, uh, any particular type. If this is a bridal session or a engagement session or a wedding session or whatever, uh, and so um, and then uh, if we need to tweak the, those those hashtags, um, what I normally do is I will I will look for a particular if it was like a, a barn wedding or something like that. I will look at barn wedding. And then um, I will look actually look at the, the top images from that particular category and see what these top images, what they also tagged. And I'll actually get some great suggestions for some additional hashtags based on these 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 people who have gotten, you know, uh, who are tons of likes, you know. So um, so I'm like, oh, I, I never even would have thought about this hashtag to, to apply to this barn wedding or whatever. So, uh, and so, but what I like about having that notes document is that you can spend a ton of time typing up hashtags if you don't have something there, like kind of like a framework of maybe 20 or 30 hashtags that you're going to use just copy and paste uh, on this, um, which you can do in Buffer. You know, as we schedule our social media posts for the week in Buffer, you can just copy and paste those hashtags, that set of hashtags from our notes and paste that into Buffer and uh, and save a ton of time that way. Yeah. So I've got a few questions here because you guys are talking about a variety of things. This is really good. Um, I, I want to go back actually, because I've, I've got a question about hashtags, but I, I want to go back to the point that you made about exporting uh, images and then going into Photoshop and converting to PNG. Have you ever used Photoshop droplets where you set up the, the export workflow from Lightroom directly into Photoshop, where it converts that for you and drops it into a folder? No. Uh, I have in the past. I should do it right now, but <laughs> I, I, I have not. I do not. Um, so uh, This speaks to my, my, I mean, how long it's been since I had an active workflow as a photographer, but um, I'd, have, I'd have to go back and double check. I know the feature, the option exists still in the export dialog box yep, in yep. Lightroom. So if you go... Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the keyboard shortcut on, on, on a Mac is Command-Shift-E to export images. And it'll bring up the export dialog box. If you scroll all the way down to the very bottom, there's an option there for uh, an additional portion to your workflow. You can choose a Photoshop uh, workflow or an action. Mm -hmm. And Photoshop, as far as I know, this, this feature or functionality still exists, had something called droplets. And they were basically like mini applications or mini workflows. Yep. And you could, you could create that workflow, which was to, to open an image, convert it to PNG and save it to a particular folder. Mm -hmm. And um, and then what happens is you export from, you go to export from Lightroom, you set up all your settings for the actual images themselves. And at the very bottom of that export dialog box, you choose that particular Photoshop action or droplet. And it automatically after exporting all the JPEGs, we'll then grab those JPEGs, convert them to PNG in this case, and save them to a, a designated folder. It's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> Saves a lot of time, minimizes the need for you sitting there and manually converting individual images to, to PNG. So mm -hmm. I just want to throw that out there for all those listening in. Um, yeah. That's a great option. Yeah. And, and then oh. the other question about uh, uh, hashtags, you mentioned having a, a group uh, or selection of hashtags that you can kind of copy and paste into posts. Yep. And maybe Haley can chime in on this too, but Rich and Heather, have you guys found, like, are you, are you occasionally or even consistently changing out those hashtags so you don't um, kind of wear out their welcome, if you will? <laughs> we do. We, we do. We think, we think about each individual post manually, but there's a great kind of like a foundation of hashtags that pertain to what we do that would be relevant for pretty much any uh, post that we're making. And then we tweak and individual, you know, we do some individual hashtags on each post, but. Um, and Haley, can you chime in on that too? It, it's uh, what have you learned uh, over the years about the frequency with which hashtags need to be changed out or switched out? Well, Instagram recently came out and said that there's no shadow banning, like the, the hashtags you're using, if you continue using it, there's no like, it doesn't hurt you to use the same ones all the time. So if anyone's telling you that, that's not true. Instagram just came out and said that. Um, but we, at both photographers at it and for my own Instagram, we have the same thing. We have a document of portrait hashtags, um, maternity hashtags, newborn hashtags, wedding engagement. Um, and then what I do specifically for photographers at it is I've gone into each of those photographers' pages and I've looked or their Instagram pages and looked through all of their hashtags as well. And um, if they're in Arizona, I choose the Arizona bride hashtag, Arizona wedding photographer, Arizona, everything that's local to them so that both, you know, potential clients could see the photographer um, being featured on our page. And it's helpful for us to get, you know, the engagement and 
the impressions, but it's also helpful for our, our photographers as well. Okay. And another thing that we need to focus on um, individually for each post is the team of vendors that worked on that particular event. And that's going to change each time that that particular uh, group and combination of vendors is going to change. So we try to hashtag the name of the vendor, the vendor's business, and also tag them, tag their Instagram handle in the post as well. So those are things that are unique to each image that you can't necessarily do a bunch of shortcuts for. You just yeah. have to spend a few minutes you know, doing that. Yeah. yeah. It, can and t- it can take a while too, especially mm-hmm. if you don't have yeah. a, a good workflow uh, in hand because you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're trying to gather, gather up um, the right type, right tags. You got to gather up um, the different vendors who worked on this wedding and, mm-hmm. and uh, it can and be whatnot. time consuming, even if you have good systems in place, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately work isn't always easy, right? <laughs> right. I mean, let's be honest, right? <laughs> that's just uh, reality and that's okay. We have to be okay with it. But I, you, you mentioned, and we've, we've only got about nine minutes here. So, um, I, I don't want to take too much uh, time with uh, follow-up questions, but you guys are bringing up some some interesting stuff. One of the things that you mentioned uh, just now, Heather, was vendor hashtags. And earlier, you had actually pointed out that you were uh, exporting images specifically, or, or at least flagging images specifically for vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, you're giving them a particular color flag, and then it's easy to come back to those later? Or do you go ahead and export those to a folder during the workflow as well? Yeah, we typically come back later, but we try to get uh, a link... S- we'll have a, a, a shoot proof gallery specifically intended for vendors. So we'll have a link that we can email to the vendors and say, it was great working with you on Hannah and Tyler's wedding this past weekend. We want it, you know, there's many more images to come in the full gallery, but for now, here's a handful of images that might be helpful for you. Um, because one of the biggest complaints from vendors is photographers who are well-intentioned, but they, these vendors never see the images from uh, from the wedding. And so not only do they not see them months down the road, but they certainly can't use them in their Instagram or social media posts for that particular week or maybe for their website or whatever. So the sooner the better. And um, I know it's it's an extra workflow for photographers, good, but that's good marketing. It's it's relationship building. It really yeah. is. Yep. Um, That's really great. I I just wanted, I I thought it was great that you pointed that out. And I think it's good to build that into your workflow because it's easy as you're pointing out to let that become a secondary or tertiary uh, priority. And and it just kind of gets pushed back and then you move on to the next event or the next shoot. And Mm -hmm. you do have a wonderful opportunity there to to further a relationship or begin to build a relationship with a vendor that can um, not only uh, obviously benefit your personal life just from the standpoint of actual relationships, but mm-hmm. then of course, potentially result in, in a business partnership of some kind down the road. So, yeah. Uh, and this really is particularly, important. this is particularly important when we've worked on a wedding where we had like a dream team of vendors, you know, oh, we really try to prioritize. We don't necessarily prioritize every, every vendor at every wedding. Um, there's a limited amount of time that we have. So we really try to focus on making sure that vendors get links when we've just, We've loved the venue that we shot at. We love the florist. We love this team of people, the wedding planner. You know, those become a, a really high priority for us, those weddings. Yep. That's really cool. So uh, beyond beyond this, I mean, you've, you've prepped the hashtags uh, and you're going to, I mean, do you have a, a, an actual schedule as far as posting images or you just kind of do it when it works best? Or no. Heather, uh, well, you're shaking I your mean, head. Uh, you, you, you can go back in your images and actually on in this in Instagram and look at the uh, stats on it. And uh, you can actually see when most people uh, or most or actually, you can actually see the most of the people who are following you and you can see that um, actually their schedule, the, the, the time of the week then that the people following you are most active mm-hmm. um, or the time of day, uh, any particular day, the, the people who are following you are most active. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we kind of like follow that schedule. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, the people following us, Instagram really tells us the, uh, the majority of the people are are online at this particular time on this particular day. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, the, the only day that we really, I mean, like Fridays just tend to be like a, just a, I mean, like everybody's, they, they just got off work. They're going to go, you know, mm-hmm. hang out with their friends. We get very little interaction on Friday nights. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, but most other nights. Around um, 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah, around 9 p.m. Our, actor, our, eight, our eight, followers are very active eight, around 9 p.m. on weeknights. So, yeah. So that's we, really we, interesting. So, so hey, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, we, so in, in Buffer, we, that's when we schedule mm-hmm. in Buffer. So that makes sense. Around, yeah. Yeah, Haley and I were just having this conversation about the fact that we've seen, she and I have both seen, at least on our personal accounts, uh, the most engagement when we post around eight o'clock in the morning. 
and and so it is it's good to be aware especially of your followers and their behavioral tendencies when you're going to get the most engagement and, mm-hmm. and actually capitalize on that as opposed to just kind of randomly posting and uh, buffer really is a great tool for scheduling that stuff out speaking yeah, I, of buffer i wanted to get back to jensen's question yes. though about um, is there a way to make a non-square image on the Buffer app? And and there is very simply, uh, actually, you know what, Haley, I'm gonna defer to your expertise here. I'll let you answer this question. Maybe you can break it down in detail. Yeah, Buffer allows you to post uh, landscape images easily through their application. And then um, you can post portrait, but it has to be a certain height. Like if you took just a picture you took out of your camera, it's not gonna post. Um, I don't know the exact dimensions, um, I'll have to, I'll have to go and look, but we're always having to crop our images down in order to get it to post unless, um, you can still post it that way, but it'll send you a reminder. Um, I'm sure that they're working to get it to where it doesn't do that anymore, yeah. but, but, um, but uh, you usually use buffer on your, your, uh, like Safari or, or Chrome, right? But you don't, yeah. you, you don't usually use the app. I think he's referring to the app because I, I have the same question because, uh, and in on their web application, uh, I could I could definitely make a non-square image, but on their app, I couldn't figure uh, out how to make an image not square huh. uh, in their app. You know, um, yeah, so. I've I've not used the phone app to like plan. I've used it to. I only use it if I need a reminder. So like any videos you can't uh, schedule to Instagram, yeah. it'll send you a reminder and then you post it. Um, I mean it. It still right. sends it to you and you downloads it to your phone and copies the caption, but mm-hmm. it won't allow you to directly post. Um, and same with multiple images. Like if I wanted to post a series, I can't post it directly from Buffer. It has to send it to me and I have to have all those saved. But okay. if, if I remember correctly, just from my limited use of Buffer, it's it's not going to show up in Buffer as a non-square image. You're going to see it as square when it sends you that reminder to open it up in Instagram, it's going to open it up and in, in whatever the format uh, that that image originally was, correct? And then you can adjust the format, whether it's landscape or square or otherwise? Well, not anymore because uh, Buffer can actually uh, post directly to Instagram now. You don't, you, don't have to, you, don't, you don't have to have the interaction anymore, right? Yeah, no, you don't have to. The only time is if your portrait image is too large, uh, the dimensions are too large to post or if it's a video or multiple images, that's the only time that you'll have to um, go in and manually do it yourself. But it allows you to see it as it's going to be posted on Instagram, um, at least on the web app. I've, I mean, like I said, I don't plan on my phone. I plan on my computer. Sure. Um, but I so, think in that manual process, though, it does give you the option. So when, yeah. in, in the app itself, you're you're not seeing you know whatever it might be, landscape or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you actually when it manually gives you the option to open that up in Instagram and post it, um, then then you can at that point designate what um, uh, what what format that's actually posting in. But yeah, I mean it's it's weird that they don't have that functionality built in to to accommodate the various formats that Instagram is going to accommodate anyway. Hopefully they'll update yeah. that soon. Yep. Okay. Well, I I, I want to uh, respect everybody's time. We're here about the hour mark, and uh, I, I appreciate Rich and Heather and Haley taking time to share their perspective, their workflow when it comes to something like this, which is really a loaded topic. I mean, one episode is, is probably, it probably doesn't do it justice, but uh, at least gives some ideas maybe to those listening in or watching as to how they can approach their social media workflow after a shoot. Um, even something like calling backwards. I mean, that in and of itself, we're talking about improving uh, efficiency and time, or even the method that I was, that I mentioned too, using that P key, um, which flags the images, of course, in Lightroom to just simply pick from a series of images that one image that stands out to you. Just pick that one, go to the next series, pick that one, go to the next series, rather than worried about those images that you don't want. Um, mm-hmm. that, that switch in mentality can also make a difference in efficiency. But I, but I love the perspective, the thought process behind this all. Uh, Heather's point, again, about the vendors, um, the significance of saving images to, to share with the vendors and doing so right away. So, so important, especially for the sake of developing relationships that will ultimately benefit your business as well. So thank yeah. you guys for sharing. Anything, any last words of advice or comments mm-hmm. that you want to add before we close out? I don't have any golden nuggets. Nope. Nope. We got, we, you got them already. <laughs> we, we got them all. Okay. Well, perfect. Yeah. Um, I, just in closing here, a reminder for those of you watching Facebook live, make sure you go to bocapodcast.com and uh, you can uh, listen to this episode via audio and pretty much any 
podcast app that you can think of out there. We at Boca Podcast is there. So make sure you check that out. You can download it. For those of you listening on Boca Podcast, uh, you can also check out Facebook Live. And of course, we'll, these videos will be there on the Photographer's Edit Facebook page, facebook.com slash Photogs Edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. I don't know why I always have to think about that, but uh, <laughs> facebook.com slash Photogs Edit. And you can see the live videos and comment uh, live, or you can just go back and watch the videos and see the illustrious Rich Smith in all his glory. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for Workflow Wednesday. Have an absolutely wonderful Wednesday. Bye-bye. You too, Nathan. Yeah, Thanks for having yeah. us. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.